0: And welcome to another episode of the Travel Agent Podcast. So there was a lot of conversation after um, an interview that Haley and I did, and there are some really great topics that we wanted to cover. So you're getting a twofer and she's going to introduce herself again. And we're going to jump into some things that we haven't really talked about on the show before. So I'm really excited.
1: Thank you. My name is Haley. I am up in Canada. I have worked as a travel agent for about six years professionally, and then I moved into group tour operation. And another thing I do is tourism education. So that is what I do. I'm also a mom, a wife, I've got uh, two kids. And of course, I'm passionate about all things travel.
0: Excited to hear about the education portion, because I think that a lot of times we think about education, we really just think about like destinations and education that we get from or our tour operators and our suppliers. But this is a little bit different. So if you don't mind, can you give us like a little bit of an overview about some of the topics that you kind of go over?
1: Sure, absolutely. It's been kind of an evolution of learning for me. Um, I'm really interested in sustainable tourism. I'm trying to incorporate it more into the curriculum that I teach. And somewhere that I have found that it intersects is with the Indigenous truth and reconciliation process that we are going through here in Canada in particular. So I thought it would discuss it as an opportunity for travel agents to be aware of in the tourism sphere. And it applies to other countries too, not just Canada, but anywhere where there is an Indigenous population or for anyone interested in sustainable tourism. So basically, our industry here in Canada isn't recovering quite as quickly as the U.S. appears to be, but we are preparing to open our borders to vaccinated travelers really soon. So we're excited to welcome people back to our country. And the truth and reconciliation process that I mentioned is something that is well beyond tourism, but it's something that countrywide we're going through with our Indigenous people. And here in Canada, the term Indigenous is comprising the First Nations, the Métis and the Inuit community. So in the context of the discussion that we're going to have, I think it's important for me to first identify myself as a settler, which just means I'm a non-Indigenous person myself. I do recognize the privilege that I have and the inequality that I've benefited from. And I'd love to uh, use this space of conversation as an aspiring ally to Indigenous people. So when I locate myself here in London, Ontario, Canada, I should also acknowledge that this is the traditional territory, in particular of the First Nations of the Anishinaabe, the Haudenosaunee, and the Lenape First People.
0: Awesome. So let's kind of jump into how you kind of happened upon this information in the beginning and what how that's kind of evolved and how that kind of intersects with tourism.
1: Sure. I think when I started to become aware of truth and reconciliation something that every individual has to do is find out what can I do? Because it's one thing to acknowledge the truths of what has happened. And it's another thing to begin to think, well, what in my day-to-day life can I do every day to reconcile? So I thought I'd use an example of my most recent trip that I just took because it kind of sets the scene well. I think it was my first trip in two years, traveling domestically. During the pandemic, I went through the Canadian Rockies and they've been experiencing an insane heat wave in British Columbia and Alberta. And There's a lack of rain. Wildfires are typical at this time of year, but they were far more devastating. And an entire town, which was a rural Indigenous community called Lytton, it burned to the ground. So everyone lost their homes. Other communities have had to be evacuated. I think it was the, the largest mass evacuation Alberta has ever experienced. So I was going out there to be on the Rocky Mountaineer, which is the scenic luxury train journey of the world and one of the days of my trip had to be rerouted via a motor coach because of this wildfire danger. They didn't want any passenger trains to be on the rail lines at that time. And so it's kind of ironic to me because besides COVID-19, the biggest growing threat to tourism and many other industries is climate change. And so the fact that we as travelers want to experience the world and we want to take in all of its beauty, and a lot of people are, myself included, have a running bucket list that they want to check off. We are contributing to the demise of this earth and this industry by our carbon-heavy choices for transportation. And so that sits with me as a contentious part of my choice to be dedicating my working life to this industry. So I've been on a mission over the past eight years. To find out in what small way i can affect change for the better and so i was doing my master's degree and i was studying sustainable tourism in particular and the terminology has evolved from ecotourism to sustainable and now the term that a lot of people are using is regenerative tourism which really refers to a destination having a life cycle so my goal is to increase the coverage of this in the curriculum for tourism students and so then they can take this knowledge Um, with them as they begin their professional career. And so when I was looking at case studies as a student myself for regenerative or sustainable tourism, I kept being brought back to Indigenous knowledge. And in a nutshell, colonialism caused climate change and Indigenous rights are a solution. So we really can't have the sustainable tourism discussion without also discussing Indigenous advocacy and self-governance. And so our problem here in Canada is our government tends to make promises and create the optics of progress. I voted for a particular leader that we have because I was, uh, I guess, enjoyed his stances, what he appeared to talk to about reconciliation, but they keep structurally excluding Indigenous people in decision-making. So in the realm of academically studying tourism, a fellow classmate of mine who is Indigenous I'm going to quote her because she was very eloquent in explaining that tourism is a way for Indigenous people who have lost their connection to their culture to find opportunities to participate in land-based activities, practicing language, and passing down traditions. And therefore, it's an opportunity to reclaim representation of themselves through self-expression and sharing, and it's a method for culture and language revitalization, connecting youth with elders, and for self-determination.
0: Wow. That was a lot. Take a breath. Ah. Uh, Yes. Let's take it down just a little bit. And one of the things that you said, and and what I've had a couple guests about sustainability is what can you do? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times it's overwhelming. A lot of information, but not a lot at the same time. And especially when we're talking about tourism and education, what is something that is simple that travel agents and, and travel professionals can start their journey? Like, where's a good place to
1: start? Perfect. I think as travel agents, it starts with arming yourself with resources and starting to educate yourself and realizing that you can niche into companies that you align with and that support. When it comes to actually supporting Indigenous-owned tourism operations, we can support economically. So we can look for locally owned and operated accommodations rather than the large hotel chains. There are industry resources for Canadians. It's the Indigenous Tourism Association of Canada. And I know in the States, you've got the American Indian, Alaska Native and Native Hawaiian Tourism Association. There's lots of resources that aren't particularly for Indigenous tourism, but for sustainability as a whole. You can go become a meaningful travel ambassador by the Tourism Cares Foundation. You can join a a local chapter of the Impact Travel Alliance or just attend their virtual events. Also, some of the suppliers that I really love, and I don't work for them, so I'm just (laughs) not promoting them, but I've studied them and I adore them. So G Adventures is one. It started in Canada. It's really been a pioneer of responsible travel and community tourism. So within the industry, you can download their global good practice guidelines for Indigenous people. You could attend the World Travel Market as a buyer, which is an excellent annual. It's been virtual this past two years, but normally it happens in the UK. Also... As a personal example, I, as a tour operator, I've been trying to plan a small group tour to a remote area of British Columbia, uh, which is in the unceded territory of Haida Gwaii here in Canada. And unceded just basically means that First Nations people never ceded or legally signed away their lands to the crown. So it's part of a unique and delicate ecosystem. So I think when you're selling destinations like that, that are in remote communities, we have to wait for our welcome to begin as we're you know, recovering and countries are opening up, I think we need to realize that there's some places that we have to respect. And so definitely remote communities have concerns about visitors during states of emergency, like me being out in the wildfires, limited resources or the distance to health services. So as travelers, we have to respect the wishes of indigenous communities who choose to remain closed. And there's a big issue around that right now with tourism in Hawaii going on. So I think it would be great to educate um, ourselves as travel sellers about what the destinations wish for. And then as travelers, we just have to remember travel is a privilege. So as I was saying, vacationing somewhere with limited resources and health infrastructure is inconsiderate. And some people actually see it as an act of violence. So we really have to be careful as we recover. But there is a website that I really enjoy. It's the Indigenous Tourism uh, BC website, and they have a resource there about how to travel responsibly. So I know you had Natalie on before. She had some really excellent suggestions and she included, you know, the idea of slowing down. And I know a lot of people love counting countries and it's, it's exciting to try to do, you don't know how long you have on this earth. So I know I feel it too. I want to see as much as I can, but don't travel somewhere just to check it off your bucket list or get that Instagram photo. So practice traveling with intention, choosing a destination thoughtfully and exploring it fully We can also ease the pressure points on destinations by choosing to travel in a low season. And then there's the option of cruising versus something that's not as carbon intensive. So I really enjoyed in 2019, I did a small ship cruise of the Indonesian islands and it was amazing. It was an amazing alternative because when you're on those huge cruise ships, you can't get into the little ports and areas that are more culturally immersive. So consider a different style. If you want to be on the water, maybe there's a small ship cruise or one of the um, river cruise companies that's doing a great job is AMA Waterways, another one I don't work for, but I just have been looking at their sustainability designation and they've been, they seem to be doing a good job. So looking for those um, opportunities for sure.
0: And I just kind of want to point out something that you said, Like I said, there's a lot of information, but at the same time, it's not, it doesn't feel like a lot and it feels overwhelming. And so one of the things that you said, I just feel like people don't know. Our customers, our clients don't know what they don't know. And so if you open up another opportunity for them and you are showing your clients that there's another way to travel and there's a more culturally immersive way to travel, just giving them an opportunity to know that it's available Mm -hmm. is doing something. It doesn't feel like it and it seems small, but it's actually part of the reason why most people want to go to these places that they see on Instagram. It's advertising, it's marketing these places and these experiences. And so we have to get behind some of these other experiences and start to promote and advertise and market those experiences in order for our clients to know that it's available.
1: Absolutely. I think it's summed up as being a goal-oriented collective action. And I've heard a quote before where we don't need a few people doing things perfectly, whether it comes to traveling responsibly or sustainably, but we need a lot of people doing things imperfectly. And so you just make these small steps. And I think that when you do a slower, more immersive trip, you'll find it to be you know, incredible. You'll find it so much more valuable than stopping in and buying a souvenir and taking snapping a pic. Like the memories are just worth so much more. I
0: agree. So you kind of touched on it about tourism is recovering. Is there a country that we can kind of look at that seems to be doing a good job of supporting and promoting indigenous tourism?
1: I, I did experience the tourism industry the most in-depth in my mid-20s, and I was working abroad. I did a working holiday visa in Aotearoa, which is known as New Zealand, and I was heavily influenced by the Maori culture there, and I did not know anything about it before I went, so I wasn't seeking it. I knew I had no prior knowledge. But by traveling that country, I was often like taking little day trips and things and having Maori guides, or I definitely stayed in the backpacker hostels, but I also stayed at Maori owned accommodation. I really learned a lot about the culture and the people. And so I came to understand that, okay, this is the connection. This is how tourism has the potential to teach and in fact, to decolonize. So something I found interesting was that many place names around Aotearoa are Maori. So there's definitely your Mount Baker and Cook, and there's colonial historical names, but you can learn the language of a place by traveling around it. So there's a popular attraction, Blackwater rafting in the Wetomo caves, for example. So Y equals water, Tomo equals caves. And this is just a a small step toward understanding the place where you are. So I think it's wonderful for people to, no matter where you're going, support that and just take a moment to look up, okay, whose land am I on? And what is the background here? And what's the culture here? I think also when people are traveling you don't know necessarily, I know I can speak for Canada, there's certain places that you're camping off grid or you're, it could be a f- sacred fishing spot or you could be on sacred land. So it's important to, to do your research as well when you're doing more back country style.
0: I think this is great information. And, and one of the things that I think that I'm going to do is to have more of these conversations on a more regular basis on the show, just because I think that again, even now, I have decided to dig more into it and it really is. It's overwhelming and you want to do so much and you realize that it really is just taking those small steps. And I think having more of this information on the show is really helpful. So you will be back.
1: Well, it's a process for me too. I mean, I, I hope that I'm doing justice to this topic because I am on a learning journey and I know that this issue is not about me and my personal development, but I really do find it interesting and I find that it gives me a sense of working within the sphere that I know and love to find out a way that I can contribute to this movement. So that's where I am with that.
0: And not to put you on the spot or anything, but I think it would be really great to do a a webinar or something just to kind of promote this idea and this thought just to start the spark and start to put more familiarization trips together that promote this type of travel as well I say that on the show so
1: (laughs) (laughs) it has to come to fruition it has to happen I definitely would support that I would like definitely provide some resources to partner with indigenous owned and indigenous led um, solutions absolutely yeah I know that there's a great association here in Canada and I don't know as much about the states but yeah there's definitely opportunity for that for sure
0: we are gonna probably end up doing a part three very soon so I just want to thank you so much for coming back because that conversation, it was amazing. And I, I think that it was necessary to have you back on the show and you're awesome as normal. So thank you so much for coming.
1: It's, it's really fun to be involved. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining the Travel Agent Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Visit the Travel dot com for more information about today's episode and other travel agent resources. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for new episodes. Until next time, continue to build a travel business you love.